welcome to another awesome episode of the Encounter Grow Witness podcast uh, for our great missionary disciples and leaders in our parishes, our families of parishes here in the Archdiocese of Detroit. I'm Father Steve Polis. I'm super excited to be with you with our awesome producer, Ron Pangborn, and of course, the wonderful Beth Spazarni. Beth, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing well. Happy Lent. Happy Lent. This it's here. Is, it is here, and yeah. um, it's a great time to, you know, we, we were talking like before the beginning of the year about how to spend our time on this podcast yeah. well, uh, kind of going through the uh, pastoral letter of Unleash the Gospel mm-hmm. again, and um, just by God's providence, like we're going to talk about the bad habits today, and we yep. were saying like, it's a kind great thing to do during Lent, That's right. right? That's right. Mortification and penance and yep. kind of taking a good hard look at what do I need to root out of my life. Yeah. Not in a kind of, uh, uh, what's it called when you're like... Shame, all of me is bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, No. That that term. But in a way of saying like, okay, I am called to be a saint. Yeah. And that takes some spade work, some getting rid of things, Mm -hmm. some, you know, repenting (laughs) so that I can more perfectly believe in the gospel. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it makes sense that we're going to talk about this during Lent. Yeah. It's good. Do I you, love Lent. Do you like Lent? I That's do. what I was going to ask you. I do. I love Lent. Yeah. It feels like a, a cold walk in the winter in the morning. That's okay. what it feels like. Dark, okay. cold. But there's beauty in it, too. There's beauty in it, too. How yeah. about you? How yeah. do you feel about Lent? I feel Lent? like this turned into like an emo song. Did it? Uh, uh. <laughs> Dark, cold, cold. alone. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But there's beauty. But there's, there's like an electric feeling, I think, to Lent. Yeah. To me, I think. Yeah. I think it's easier to be holy during Lent, especially Ash Wednesday. I find that to be the easiest day to be holy all year. Because really? I, feel the, I feel like yeah. I feel the graces of Catholics all around the world yeah. who have been active in their faith, who haven't. And everyone feels this call to come home on Ash Wednesday and to try yeah. to not be a jerk on at least that <laughs> one day. You know what I mean? <laughs> Here is the day where That's we one all day. try not to be jerks. That's it. That's yeah. the one day. You got the cross on your forehead. And they're going right. to know. <laughs> yeah. They're going to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I often struggle with Lent making yeah. it uh, kind of, um, I, I don't know. I think I take it on too seriously or too mm-hmm. heavy and then it becomes yeah. Um, burdensome. Yeah. Burdensome or yeah. just like this is where it all has to be figured out yeah. um, for me. So, but this Lent, I, I feel a little bit of freedom from that. I feel mm-hmm. like, okay, there are some things I want to take on, things yeah. I want to be intentional about in yeah. the categories of prayer fasting and mortification or uh, prayer fasting and almsgiving yeah. yeah um but yeah i i often feel like i am not great at lent mm. <laughs> and um i've just talked with a lot of people who have a similar take on it yeah, so it's great to meet people <laughs> lent lovers <laughs> right right and not just because of fish fries or yeah. uh you know i mean life in parishes are pretty busy during lent as yep. we talk to uh our um mission direct people here um so i know for for parishes it can be uh for parish workers it can be a pretty intense time of work as well have you felt that in in different years or in different times in different years yeah Yeah. definitely i mean however intentionally you go in as a parish with your plan for lent that definitely impacts the kind of lent you're gonna have you know and there have been seasons i remember last year i was finishing up some of my graduate work and I was just really heavy, so my my um, added devotions for Lent were light, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I just, yeah. that was the season. So I do think it's important, especially in parish ministry and mission direct, to think about 
what the burdens are that you're going to be carrying anyway. Yeah. You know, I found for me this year, I found a book by Father Jacques Philippe, who's my, I just, uh-huh. he's just my favorite. Ding, the and, Jacques um, Philippe, Father Jacques I Philippe know. reference. Yeah. yeah, I just, I'm such a fan. And uh, anyway, it was, it's called, it's a new book he wrote called Trusting God in the Present Moment. Mm. And I, so I bought it back in, I think I bought it in December and I've been saving it and waiting <laughs> and I finally opened up and I'm very excited. That's great. But it's like 50 pages. I mean, this is, <laughs> I get a page a day or something. I don't know. Yeah. His, a lot of his are pretty short, small. Very short. Right. They're on the, yep. the verge of not being a book, but being a booklet. <laughs> There's one yeah. I was reading. Yeah, I can't can remember recently. I think it's on like spiritual fatherhood. Okay. Like uh, different mm. aspects of priests. Yeah. And it was the same thing. It was like 80 pages. Okay. And yep. I thought, I don't know, is this is this still a book? Like, what's the what's the lower threshold for right. a book? <laughs> right. That it's, might be close. It's, to it's it. got to have a, a hard spine, right? It can't yeah, just be it like does the, have the, to the have folded. A hard spine. <laughs> I agree, and the spine, I think that's um, important. Yeah. You know. Anyway, um, we were chatting a little bit about yeah. like the bad habits in the letter, which mm-hmm. we'll get to, but like yeah. other bad habits, and I'm always. Yeah. Like looking at my nails, my uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my long term bad habit of biting my nails. It reminds me of a Berenstein Bears book. Really, I read is there a book a on that? Yeah, there is a book on biting nails, but really? obviously it didn't take hold for me. <laughs> so I would say that is a particular bad habit for me. Yeah. And then I I always struggle to be patient when I drive. And yeah. I think you know, the last couple of years, yeah. we can say, blame everything on the pandemic, right? It's just this black hole that takes right. all of right. all agency away from us. It does. It does feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like you know, people drive a lot faster, and I, I even feel myself getting more impatient. Mm-hmm. So like, I, those are some like clear bad habits yeah. I see in myself. Yeah. Um, hangnails for me. Hangnails. I am. Um, I had I pulled a bad hangnail last week and I still have to, I still have to put a bandaid on it the, today because mm. it it was a it was a bad one I should have cut it um, yeah. so that's one and then another bad habit I have is I this is, this sounds silly but um, my husband and I will finally tuck I'm the kids too in smart. that's my yeah oh yeah no no it's worse than that <laughs> so we'll sit down to watch TV or rest together it's always watch TV usually and so we sit down to watch TV and then I'll turn on my electric blanket and I'll turn it up so high. That I'll be asleep in like 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start watching a thing. And then within 10 minutes, I'm asleep. And mm-hmm. so now my husband will just look at me and be like, are you going to be awake for any of us? Because I'm just going to pick something I want to watch. Like, no, no, I'm good. No, I'm going to be asleep yeah. in about five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Just let the guy watch what he wants, I think. It's probably what I should do. That's kind of you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'll talking about, about the bad habits of Unleash the Gospel... Yeah. Back the, and just a little, you know, background into how we go about preparing for this. I am generally a light preparer, we That's might say. probably true. I would agree with that. <laughs> and so this time I you did just wake some up preparation. Ready. Yeah. <laughs> I just live it, Beth. Yeah. So I prepare my whole it. life. That must no. be it. <laughs> um, so I did some preparation here yeah. and shared my, you know, less than a page yeah. Google sheet with yeah. Beth. And she goes, oh, that that's that's nice, but it's not quite my... Pages, five yeah, pages. Five of pages, notes. but that doesn't mean they'll all be insightful and helpful. So let me. But at t- least I've prepared it. So why am I talking? Let me turn it over well, to you. You I'll lead say us. I, the bad habits and the good habits were some of my favorite. Uh, from the first time I read the Unleash the Gospel pastoral letter, they were some of my favorite elements in it, if not the favorite. Um, yeah. I remember when it first came out, I wrote a bulletin series about each of them because I thought we we really see these in the life of the church and 
uh, the bad habits, that is. Yeah. And we'd like to see more of the good habits, yeah. which we do see. But um, I was just also pondering the, the quote I had shared last time when we finished from Evangelii Gaudium. I just find Pope Francis to be, um, I guess, recognizing the challenges, but still calling people onward. Um, so in, in that letter, I found a great quote that I thought was a good maybe intro. He said, challenges exist to be overcome. Let us be realists, but without losing our joy, our boldness, and our hope-filled commitment. Let us now not allow ourselves to be robbed of missionary vigor. Mm. I just thought that was good, right? Challenges exist to be overcome. Yeah. So we can look at these bad habits, and yeah. we can find them in our own hearts, but we still have to overcome. We have to let the Lord bring us to overcome these yeah. bad habits, you know? Yeah, and the other part of that I hear is, like, to, uh, you know, I, when I think of Lent, what, one of the things I feel like often my attitude is so important and not seeing it as just a burden, but an opportunity for growth mm, yeah. and an opportunity for intimacy Absolutely. with the Lord, which that yeah. growth is, right? Not yep. just self-perfection. And yeah. so these challenges are an opportunity to overcome them in the light of the Lord Absolutely. and an opportunity for our growth. Again, not just an exercise and saying, look how horrible we are, right. but right. these challenges exist to be overcome. We can do this. Yeah. Right? We don't have to be stuck in the uh, the mediocrity of um, of mired in these bad habits. We right. can we can be converted and live in the freedom of the children of God. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So, what are the bad habits? There's they, there are five of them. Five. five. Ugh, I can't talk yeah. today. Five. There bad are habits. five of them in Unleash the Gospel. What are they, Beth? Yeah, so the first one would be a worldly notion of the church, uh, spiritual lethargy, status quo mentality, fear, and a complaining attitude. So we have five. Worldly notion of the church, spiritual lethargy, status quo mentality, fear, F-E-A-R. Yeah. There's no real other way to spell it. But it's compelling when you spell it. I like (laughs) that. That's good. (laughs) It adds some gravitas to it. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) And then a complaining attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Which one do you think... I don't know. I mean, just yeah. looking at them, which one do you think we should tackle and mm. talk about first? Boy, that's a good question. I'm such an order person. I, I like right. I like going in order. But what? I but if I think about which one I think is the biggest problem, I would go with four and five. Fear, fear and a complaining, complaining. attitude. Yeah. I think those are our biggest problems. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the complaining attitude. I like Let's talk that about one. complaining attitude, um, yeah. I can't stand those people who complain. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the, the worst. worst. <laughs> Unlike us, yeah. Thank you, Lord, that you made us yes, not to we're complain. So good. Mm-hmm. Unlike those other people, yeah. No. Um, so one of the things I think is worth talking about is why complaining is a bad uh, habit, right? Why is it so poisonous? Mm, yeah. And um, I have some thoughts on this. Go right? ahead. I think you know one of the challenges with it is how contagious it is when yeah. you're around someone who complains. That makes you more likely to complain. It does. Right? When I kind of get in a group and start saying, I can't believe this is going on, or oh, this is going to be horrible, right? <laughs> we all know that kind of yeah, that, that it pulls it all down. That poisonous, whether yeah. it's a person or a situation that can just suck the life out of us. Yep. And it infects everyone around them. It does. And the way um, complaining can be just a poison that sucks the joy. Yeah out of us and sucks the joy out of other people too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder, I, don't, I was talking with a friend and he was suggesting that maybe this was the number one problem for church staff, mm. um, the complaining. And it, it is, it's a challenge, right? I mean, the complaining that things aren't the way I'd like them to be. 
Um, they're not the way they used to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's plenty to complain about. I don't want to give people ideas here, but yeah. um, it does. It leads to discouragement and paralysis. Yeah. Right. I I remember I had a friend in India, and I hadn't really complained much about the challenges I was facing there, but she was, I mean, we were experiencing many of the same challenges, and she started talking about them, and initially there was this rush of, like, right, right, yeah, that's bad, and that's hard, and, like, there was this rush initially of, um, gosh, I'm not alone in these challenges, but then as soon as the conversation was over, everything was so much harder. Yeah. I, like, it, it, it seemed like it helped, but it made everything so much harder because there was no light. It was like drawing your attention to the mud, yeah. right? Look at this mud. Oh, that is some bad mud. There yeah. used to be grass there. There is not now. Right now, that's all I can see is the mud. Yeah. But when all we talk about is that, that's that's all I see. Yeah, I can't see anything else. Yeah, it draws our attention to the to the problem, not in a way that says, "How do I solve this?" Yeah. But in a way that just takes away my attention from what's good. Yeah. Right. I think you know, as Christians, we're always called to look at people and. To, to have discernment about, you know, how we spend our time and spend our energy. But when we see people, if mm-hmm. we only see their problems, yeah. we are just going to rob ourselves of the opportunity to encounter the greatness of That's the other right. person, the mystery yeah. of the other person, or the beauty the of the other person. Yeah. Right, the unique, Unrepeatable. And if every time I look at someone, an individual, think about someone in your life, mm-hmm. or in general, and I only see what's wrong with them, yeah. right? If I just start to identify their problems, then I become blinded to the good parts of them. Yeah. And I, I take away or handicap myself from seeing um, what I can grow in or how mm-hmm. I can um, receive that person as a gift. Yeah. The same is true with all these situations, right? Like, there is no shortage of things to complain about there isn't. in our church. And, you know, yeah. the move to families of parishes is this kind of this work we're all taking on. That's right. That is not easy right. on a lot of fronts. And, you know, if we want to look for things to complain about. We'll find them we'll readily. We'll find them, yep. you know, and the apostles could have found them in the they first century. Have. And yeah. the followers of Francis Assisi, of yeah. Assisi could have found them. Or yep. the missionaries to North America or to Japan. or right. um you Plenty know, to complain about. There's always things to complain about. Yeah. Um, but what I, the reason why I think this is a bad habit is um, it's, it's a, a character of our heart that we have to, and I think you talk about like focusing on the mud so well there. Yeah. We have to like do the work in the grace of God to lift our eyes away from like just thinking about the problem up to what is God calling me to do here, right? right? And we'll talk about the good habits next month and yep. celebrate tuned. the Easter joy <laughs> with right. the good habits. Yep. But I think complaining just becomes the, uh, your paralysis yeah. uh, example is really good. It just becomes this way that I stop investing myself in what's important and mm-hmm. I just become like this sideline critic yep. pointing out problems. Yeah. Yeah, I think complaining really makes us think we don't have what we need. Yeah. Right. But the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want reveals to me that I always know that the Lord will never leave me lacking in what is essential. He will never leave me lacking in himself. Right. And he mm. is ultimately what I need. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah when I think of, of ways to, to overcome the spirit of complaining, 
I think of, I mean, I, I do, I think of the early church and, and Pentecost and I mean, they had so much less than we have. Yeah. They had so much less than we have. Mm-hmm. And yet we have the same that they had. I mean, we, we have the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We, we, right. And we have, we have apostolic succession in a way, like they're still with us. Right. I, but it's so easy to think, oh, but our institutions and oh, but like the numbers and oh, but it the, the doesn't. Culture the culture is so, you know, all of this, you yeah, know. Unfriendly, but, unwelcoming to the faith. Yeah, but, yeah. but what are we looking at? Are we looking at the power of the Holy Spirit? Are we looking at God with expectancy, right? We know out of darkness, that's when the Lord always raises up the saints that are needed for yeah. the moment. So I'm just waiting to see them, you know. <laughs> but this one is hard because it, it well, because we talk a lot. <laughs> we talk a lot throughout the day, and so it's easy yeah. to let it one slide in. We found a Lenten challenge for our family to do, and the very first day was no complaining. And we're like, okay, so like Ash Wednesday, no complaining on Ash Wednesday. All right, okay. Well, then it was a snow day. <laughs> My husband had to rearrange his whole day, yeah. and there wasn't really that much snow. And, it was just, you know, and, he, and right. I was like, it's going to be a challenge. And he's like, well, luckily they announced the snow day the day before. So he's like, I'm just getting my complaining in now. <laughs> and then tomorrow. I'm pre-complaining. And actually, he did a great job. I don't think yeah. he really did. Com- but, the, but the rest of us struggled, yeah. you know, to not complain. Yeah, yeah, and I think of the story of Peter walking on water, how the Lord calls him into this deep faith nice. to step out of the boat and to do something really hard, yep. right? That's right. And, and that really hard thing is to walk on water. And not just really hard, but like scary, impossible. Yeah, right? true. On our own strength, impossible. And as long as he keeps his eyes on Jesus, yeah. he can do it. He is able to do miraculous things yeah. when his attention... And his heart and his eyes are focused on Jesus. And when he turns his attention to all the problems around him, the waves, the wind, what the heck am I doing? (laughs) Then he starts to sink. And I think that's what complaining does to us. We take our eyes off Jesus. We start to notice all of the things. We don't have the same numbers. We don't have the same money. We don't have the cultural influence or we don't have, you know, or I'm tired or... Yeah. I feel like I'm being. Are these two coworkers are fighting? Me. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, or the building is leaking, or yeah, yeah. I don't have the stuff I thought I needed to mm-hmm. do this program, or the people don't love the program the way I thought they would. I mean, there's just so many things that are. There's so many challenges, yeah. right? There just are. Yeah, and then we start to, you know, to use the phrase, alligator arm the problems, right? I don't fully embrace the work the Lord's calling me to do. I start yeah. to hold back a little bit, and I don't. I don't give generously yeah. to the work in front of me. So complaining is a mooey bad habit. <laughs> it for, is. You know, for those who don't speak Spanish as yep. fluently as I do, yep. that means a very bad habit. Yeah. And yet we can tell our complaints to the Lord, right? That's yeah. a beautiful thing to do, right? Speak to the Lord about the challenges, right? Yeah. Um, well, well, go ahead. Sorry. I, I don't no, you go up. ahead. Yeah. So, and, and this is where it's not complaining when I speak it in faith. Yeah, to the Lord when I entrust it to him. Yeah. Right? So it, it's Lord, not... Yeah, we have no wine. It's not complaining. It's not a complaint. It's, it's a complaint. statement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or to say yeah. like, Lord, I feel like I can't do the task in front of me. Yeah. But thy will be done. Right. But, you know, um, everything is made possible yeah. when I have you, God. Right? right? So like we bring it to him, but we bring it to him in faith. Yeah. We bring it to him in trust. Right? It's like... Like yeah. one of your kids saying, Mom, I need your help with this. Yeah. Right. Rather than just kind of pouting and saying, I can't believe I have to do this. Life right. is horrible. Right? <laughs> right. So however we start out in that prayer, like to turn it into, but Jesus, I trust in you. And if this right. is where you're leading me, yeah, That's I, I right. want to give my all to it. Yep. 
Yeah. All right. All right. A complaining attitude. Complaining attitude. If you have are in the midst of Lent and you're saying, I don't know what to do for this Lent, yeah. this is a great bad habit to say, where in my life do I need to root out a complaining attitude? It is. Yeah. Yeah. How about let's look at some spiritual lethargy. Lent feels like a good time to take a look at that as well. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Tells it, us to buck up. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I was. I mean, I don't know. Where do you think we see spiritual lethargy among our mission direct folks? Right. Yeah, I I think you know a lot of these bad habits kind of dovetail into each other, they do. so there are not yeah. sharp, bold lines between Fair. them. But I I do think there's certainly a sense of people feeling a bit of burnout, people sure. feeling a bit of being stretched, and mm-hmm. you know I I've heard from a number of different apostolates and sources. This is where. Um, the rebuilt ministry, I think, is really mm-hmm. helpful. The way their mindset wasn't just mm-hmm. adapting to a consumerist mentality, mm-hmm. which can just suck all the life out of us and can drain yep. us, right? And make us like um, a little resentful and a little lethargic mm-hmm. in our in our ministry. Mm-hmm. But um, to say, uh, I need to kind of have a different mindset of how I'm sharing the gospel with people and to let the Lord renew me in my prayer life, to let the mm-hmm. no- Lord renew me in my ministry as well, and not just turn it into a, like, I'm here to serve customers, mm-hmm. but I'm here to help people encounter the risen Lord. Yeah. And sometimes that means, you know, a little bit more, um, I don't know, a little bit more saying no to what someone wants in this moment mm-hmm. because I want to give them something deeper. More, right? Yeah. Yeah, but nice. you're, you're steeped in this, I think, nice. a little bit more day by day yeah. in a parish setting. Do you see, how do you see this yeah. bad habit taking form? Yeah, I'm, uh, spiritual lethargy. So I, I think we do see it in, in, in us, right? I mean, I see it in myself from time to time. I, I remember when I was in, uh, I, I just remember one Lent in particular, one year where I felt like the Lord was saying, like, have you lost your fire? Like, I'm, I'm inviting you to come and rekindle yourself, you know? And so I, I, I felt like I had, I had, kind of my, my, my sense of my deep sense of purpose coming from the Lord had, yeah. had less than weakened a bit that year. Um, so I, I definitely think we see it in, in, in us, um, those of us who are working in Mission Direct. Um, I know that this section in the Unle- Unleash the Gospel letter says the feeling that, that lethargy can come, it, it's the feeling that we have to carry the burden of a struggling church. Yeah. It contribute, con- contri- contributes <laughs> um, in turn to weariness, discontent, and defeatism. It may seem as if we're pushing a rock up a steep hill and getting nowhere. Right. And then this sense of like, okay, well, then I'm just going to pray a little less. Right. When really these challenges should be driving us to prayer even more. Right. Because he's the only one. He was always the only one. (laughs) But maybe now amidst all the hardships, this is a good time for us to recognize it's only the Lord who can, first of all, satisfy my hearts. And second of all, do anything in the midst of the the challenges that we do face. Right. Yeah. Um, The hope of of time spent in prayer is great. But I, I guess for me on, in my, in my role, I think I see spiritual lethargy mostly, um, among our our disengaged parishioners Mm. and those that maybe are active on Sundays only, but maybe not the rest of the week. It kind of feels like, well, I did, I did my Catholic thing. Like I I came to mass and like, we're good, right? Like I'll, I'll see you when I see you. Um, and, and I just, there's so much that's lost, right? Because it's hard, it's hard in that situation to, to be found. Because you think you already know the gospel. Yeah. Um, I know I've talked about this a little bit in, in another, in some other instances, but 
One of the wisdom, one of one of the aspects of the wisdom of the church for how priests are called to live is to make an annual retreat. Nice. That we have to take a retreat a week yeah. every year to go on retreat. A week, that's awesome. And I, I understand the luxury <laughs> yeah. that that is, but the the luxury in the Lord that that is, that he gives us the time yeah. to be apart and to be away with him and to not turn into you know, to use jargon term, an ecclesiastical civil servant <laughs> yeah. to not turn into like, this is my nine to five punch in, punch right. out job. Right. But to make sure that all that I'm doing, whether it's the sacramental ministry, preaching, whether it's leadership in some ways, all of that comes out of the deep wells of a relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that can be very helpful for me at times that, uh, you know, that that we all get a little worn down. I get a little worn yeah. down, and I start to kind of seep into uh, a lethargic mindset. And so to go and pray and to, like, yeah. refine that yeah. and to make daily prayer part of that yeah. for my life is so crucial. Absolutely. Um, I wonder if you see it in people who work at a parish mm-hmm. that they, you know, to use a, a term I hate, but I'm going to use it, so sorry, like not feeling like they're able to be fed in the same way because they're on all Correct. the time yeah, at the for parish. Sure. That's and a huge part of it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, it's a huge part of it. And even, I mean, when I was a youth minister for so many years, I led two retreats a year, I guess three, not including a summer mission trip, you know, and there's like formation content and evangelism happening in all of those moments. And so like once or twice I tried to go on a retreat for myself and just sitting there be like, this thing is planned so poorly. Like, how could you, <laughs> why, why would you do it? Like, you know, so like right. that alone, like took me out and I wasn't yeah. able to fully engage, you know, um, or, or feeling like even then I still had to be on, you yeah. know, because, oh, but you also work for the church or like you are in this role. And so, you yeah. know, um, but I, I mean, I've been in environments where a, like a, a, a yearly retreat is kind of an expectation and a, yeah. and a, and a, a gift. Um, I think more than not, it, it's not. Um, yeah. And like you're encouraged to kind of take care of yourself on your own time. Yeah. Um, and I think there can be real uh, a real truth and good there, right? Like, I mean, yeah. we can't be paying people to just maintain their spiritual lives. On the other hand, I also think that, I mean, <laughs> what we know, right? I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in you will bear much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. So yeah. if we want our, if we want those in Mission Direct to bear more fruit, then bringing them closer to Jesus would be a pretty good start. You know, I think, um, yeah, I've, I've done yearly retreats myself over the years and found them to be such a gift. And I, yeah, I would encourage everyone to think about that. So maybe you're listening and you're like, maybe, maybe that's me. Maybe I'm, maybe this is an invitation for me to go and, and do something a little bit deeper. You know, there are so many opportunities around. There's great retreat centers in our area. There's places you can go on your own and just read a book or pray or, um, go to daily mass. Um, yeah, the yeah. other part of that, I think, and uh, another encouragement to our listeners is to make confession a regular part yeah. of your life, right? Beautiful. I know for some people that can be a challenge that maybe you've fallen out of the habit of it, or especially if you work in the church, <laughs> going to your boss can be um, You're not awkward. allowed. You're not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, that'd be weird. So, so finding, yeah. you know, a, a priest that yeah. you can go to confession to, the way, like, God has given that, Christ has yep. given that sacrament to That's his church right. as a blessing yep. and as a way to renew us and to let us be cleansed and to receive the grace he wants us to have. So if you're, you know, on a mission direct team in a family of parishes, um, 
do not let this Lenten season go by without yeah. making a good, honest, and like intentional confession. Yeah. And and sometimes that means setting a little time aside. I know for me, I love going to the Solanus Casey yeah, Center because nice. I can go to confession, pray yeah. at Solanus's tomb a little bit afterwards. Yeah. It's a little quieter, yeah. and it's not the um, the hustle and bustle yeah. in the parish. Yeah, true. Yeah. True. Yeah. If I can make one other encouragement, I think another reason we might fall into spiritual lethargy is because we don't have other people in our life challenging us, encouraging us, you know, holding us accountable, calling us on. Yeah. And I think the enemy's goal is to make us feel alone because then we'll get tired (laughs) and fizzle out or, or just be less confidently apostolic, I think. Um, So yeah, that's something I've been praying into of like, Lord, how, how are you inviting me into community somewhere where I don't have to lead everything (laughs) and serve and like you know where like actually a community of people could call one another on the way that the early church did you know I think more and more as our culture changes and our church is continuing to be renewed I think that's a a need yeah so let's hit the rest of these a little little quicker a little more quickly I guess would be the term since it's an adverb there but um a a little more quickly um a worldly notion of the church. Yeah. So this is the first one, and this is, you know, forgetting that the church is uh, a collection of disciples, that it's a, um, it's the presence of God's people, the body of Christ here on earth. And sometimes this can happen when we only think about the church in human ways. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you have seen this, dear listener, wonderful friends who work in the church mm-hmm. that... You measure the success in event of an event based on how many people showed up. That's right. Right, and so that can be an important data point, um, but yeah. that is not how Jesus measured his ministry. He invested in twelve. Yeah, which was so counter. Like most days, how many people came? Twelve. <laughs> right. How many people came today? Still twelve. Yeah. What about today? It was still yeah, just the twelve. Yeah. What about today? Oh, today was just three. Thanks for asking. Yeah, tomorrow's going to be one. The next day, I think I might just try. 12 again yeah yeah but we don't do ministry like that no and it's so counterintuitive right yeah like we want big numbers yeah right we are even you know maybe a little embarrassed to talk about numbers and maybe after covid we're a little kind of struggling to see fewer people have shown up or we're dealing with the reality of of these changing dynamics Mm -hmm. and they require um a wisdom in things of the world about how to handle some of that but at the core and foundation of it, we have to see what is our mission here. Yep. It's to help people know and love Jesus Christ, to have a radical transformation yeah. in his love. And quality is far more important than quantity. Yeah. Um, and so we, we need to make sure we're not just comparing even our qua- even our quality of the work by worldly standards, but we're saying, nice. how faithful am I to what Jesus is asking me to do? And then let him deal with the rest of it. Yeah. You know, your your great hero, Mother Teresa, yeah. had the line that I go back to time and time again, especially mm-hmm. when I feel like I am not being successful. Right. Right. <laughs> you are not called to be successful. Only You're faithful. called to be faithful. That's right. And that is not uh, the worldly notion of the church is about how successful can we be? How many listeners do we have for our podcast or sure. how many people came to this event or how full are our pews? Um, but yeah. don't worry about worldly notions of success worry about fidelity to what god is leading us into yeah i think also with this one the worldly notion of the church our planning can take on a very worldly 
um, a worldly perspective of like, how can we make this more important? How can we l- make this look more special? Mm. Uh, and I think uh, it's a it's going to it's going to go poorly if our planning efforts don't start with really strategic and intentional prayer, yeah. where we're particularly That's discerning great. specific questions. I um, work a lot with Catholic Christian Outreach, and they do all of their all of their ministry is led by they 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 talk about being strategic and prophetic. And so they'll go with very strategic questions to prayer, and then they'll discern from prayer, here's what the Lord is asking us of, here's the word of the year, here's the thing, and they bring it back mm. into everything they do throughout the year. So I've been able to do that a bit this year. We were praying with the gospel of um, the calling of um, Peter and Andrew, and, and James and John too, and uh, what came to us in our prayer was um, two things, but, but mainly the idea of like Peter, in responding to put out into the deep, the faithfulness required would have been very slow. There was no motor, right? Put yeah. out into the deep would have taken a minute, you know? And so our key word for yeah. the year has been paddling. Like just the slow faithfulness of like, okay, I say yes again, right? But that came from prayer. It came from discernment. It came from actually taking plans and not just taking out a piece of paper and saying, well, what makes sense? How can we make this bigger, yeah. right? But this isn't a business. It's not It's not some tech startup, right? <laughs> this is the Lord's work. And do you know who knows how to grow it? The Lord. He knows right. how to grow it. So we should ask him what he'd like to do. And then we should do that. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Amen. Amen. You know, Beth, it's been on my heart the last few weeks and a little bit longer that like we need to do something more for men in our area. And like I keep thinking, you know, I had a great experience at a men's conference when I was in college and I know other people and like, yeah, "Yeah, we need to do something like that. And every time I like dream about it, I dream these like big (laughs) and successful, like huge events. And I was like, maybe. (laughs) But at the end of the day, it's not important about the size of it what's important is like is this the lord's work right and is this yeah is this faithful to what he wants done rather than like is this going to be the most impressive thing by worldly standards i had a friend once tell me that if she was praying when she had an idea she always knew it was from the lord and i was like oh that would be just terrible in my (laughs) life because when i'm praying i have about 50 ideas every day (laughs) and most of them aren't they're not bad ideas but they're the lord's not asking me to do 50 things a day you know um, but I, I find that for me, I get very excited about an idea and then I get my whole heart wrapped around it. And then a couple of times recently, I feel the Lord saying, okay, just go ahead and unpeel your fingers from that, that you're <laughs> tightly clenching. Yeah. <laughs> like if it's going to be like, I will let you know. I'm yeah. Like, okay, Lord. But yeah. I really want it. But oh, there's a lot there too. There is. Yeah. 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 But let, let's move on to the yep. last, uh, what do we have? We've One. got status quo mentality. Oh, yeah, we have two left. Yeah. And yeah, fear. And fear. Uh, which one? Yeah. Status quo mentality. Okay. Um, from Christendom to Apostolic Mission. I know we talk about this book a lot. It's great. If it's you haven't read it, book. you should definitely read it. It's Go not very, it. it's not a very long read. Um, no, I think it barely qualifies. It might not even qualify it. as a book. It's because, definitely a book. Okay. Um, <laughs> like it barely has a hard spine. Um, on this. But you can also listen to it, I think. Or maybe not. Anyway. Did but you the, record it? Is it no, your voice? Stop it. Um, okay. Here's the, here's the quote that I love from the book. Yeah. In an age of change, the church needs to pay attention to the modes by which she carries on her graced battle to be sure she's not fighting yesterday's war, using strategies that for whatever reason are outmoded and have become ineffective. In a time that could be called a change of the ages, this duty becomes urgent. Mm. Right? I mean, I think just so often we are actually fighting yesterday's war <laughs> with yeah. the things that come out. I'd, I had a book on my desk about um, responding to same-sex attraction, and um, my fellow, uh, the priest, and he came through, and he picked up the book, and he's like, oh, that's great. Oh, we're already on to the next. We're talking about gender stuff now. What this book would see, we're always 10 minutes late. <laughs> we need, we yeah. need the next book already. Where's yeah. the next one, you know? Yeah. 
Beth, I feel this exactly with some of the inter kind of debates we have within the church. Some of that stuff is really important. We need to decide, you know, come to understand who we are a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But man, all of this infighting we see in the church at times takes our attention Mm -hmm. away from being evangelizing. It does. Takes our attention away from like, you know, I I might have shared this before. I heard um, this Protestant preacher give a talk about foodies, people Mm -hmm. who are really intense about like, I like this particular kind of food done in this exact way. Mm -hmm. And he's like, sometimes we can be like that with the gospel. And there are Mm -hmm. people starving. And we're debating whether it should be cooked for eight minutes at 300 degrees (laughs) or 10 minutes at 275 degrees. And there are people starving for the gospel. Right. right? But we don't really know how to talk to them. Yeah, that's why so, it's so easier that, to that, just debate <laughs> the cooking method. So that's why we need to learn how yeah. to do that, to care about those people, yeah. right? To yeah. let our hearts be converted, yeah. to care about them. Yeah. And then, you know what? We're not going to be good at it until we're bad at it. That's we're not going to learn how to do it until we go out there and say, okay, this language works. This is a little off-putting. Lord, what do you yeah. want me to do here? I try, you know, to try that and to see, is that really from the Lord? Is that my misunderstanding of it? Yeah. The status quo mentality, it's just so much more comfortable to stay Mm -hmm. internally or just to kind of look internal with ourselves instead of having our eyes fixed to who's in need of the gospel, who is in need of, you know, the the radical transforming power of the Lord. Yeah. It can't just be about my comfort level and my preferences, right? No. They say consumers have preferences, disciples have stories. (laughs) Mm, I like that. Like true right? we complain about this and that and yeah yeah so we become stale when we're only just kind of looking internally and we're not saying i need to to go out and proclaim the gospel i need to invite people in and you know call them to the fullness of the gospel that's not a this isn't code words for compromising the moral truth of the gospel or compromising the reality of what discipleship looks like but it is a kind of confidence we need not to just be kind of, you know, sitting around yeah. uh, a table saying like, oh, this is, yeah. I, I think this is, you know, better than, than this approach. Right. When none of us are actually going out and doing it, right? Yeah. To push us out and or say. Or teaching like, others how to do it. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I, again, I think we talk a lot about mission, at least lately in the church, but I don't know that we do a lot of equipping for how to do it. I had a dear friend who had family, has family that have left the church, I mean, ages ago. And she was, you know, newly processing, okay, mission and all of this, and how do I invite them back? So she went to the priest and he was like, oh, invite them, invite them to mass, invite them for Holy Week, um, invite them for Good Friday. And she was like, oh, okay, I'll invite them for Good Friday. So she was asking me like, so the kid, the, like the kids are going to do like act out the stations. And I'm like, I, so can you, can you tell me about the family you're inviting back? And she described them like, I, I. Forgive me for disagreeing with the priest, but I don't think Good Friday. I don't think they're ready for the intensity of Good Friday. I don't think that they would. Might not be the I don't place. think they would have. They they. It would not have been a good yeah. fit. And I was like, maybe you can invite them to this movie night we're doing on this other night. She's like, oh, thank you. That was so much easier. <laughs> like, well, okay. If the if the invite you're making feels unnatural to you, yeah, it's probably not great evangelism. Yeah, probably. Now there's the way that like we have to be bold and step in yeah. out of our comfort zone. But there's also like if you have a deep sense that this is going to be received poorly, consider what you're offering. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's the wrong thing we're offering. Yeah, well said, Beth. Yeah. We need to, and I think that quote you read was great. We need to learn how to share the gospel with people who don't know the gospel. Yeah. Right? We need to be able to speak in ways that they can hear it and not just speak in ways that we want to 
you know, Thomas Aquinas's uh, quote, I'm sure we're going to butcher it, but like what's communicated is communicated according to the mode of the receiver, mm-hmm. right? So when Christ communicates himself to us, he does it in ways that we, we can, can receive, understand, right? that we can receive it. So yep. when we communicate the gospel <laughs> to people who are not religious, we need to communicate it. Yeah. The truth of it, not yep. a compromised right. version, right. The, but the truth of it according to the mode of people who who right. don't know our yeah. jargon or who don't know our yep. lingo. Um, and that speaks to the transformative power of the gospel yep. in the need of their life. Yep. So. Yep. I do think before moving on with status quo, there's yeah. got to be a word said about the fact that like we're actually in a moment of a lot of change. Yeah. internally right? <laughs> with families of parishes yeah. and there's a lot of change so i was pondering like what does the status quo mentality look like now for us in mission direct mm. in, in at least mm. this, this area yeah. right and i was thinking i wonder if a status quo mentality looks like like a passive resistance like i'm i'm okay like I'll, i'm willing to do what's required but not a, not a, not one bit more yeah or like or or does a status quo mentality look today like like a weakening of our hope Right. Like we just recognize that I wanted to stay this way and it's changed. And so now I've lost a sense of my sense of hope and purpose. Yeah. Um, or does the status quo mentality just make us weary in the midst of all the change? I right? thought you were going to say weird. Make it make us weird. It's but made weary. you weird. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. This made him weird for <laughs> we sure. We can all agree on that. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I mean, what do you how do you think status quo mentality looks today for us now in family of parishes? Yeah. Landscape. I think. You know, the word that I come back to is stale, and that might be a little harsh, but I I think it can be, um, you know, that that there's a lot of activity, but not a lot of transformation going on. Um, And that's not an indictment. I I don't mean for anyone to receive that as an indictment, but I I think it can be, you know, a bit of um, letting the Lord transform me and then through that transformation, kind of bringing that into my work or Mm -hmm. the people that I serve, Um, and not just activity for the sake of activity, right? The changes that Families of Parishes brings about is not just an external change. It's meant to renew Mm -hmm. us and how we reach out to other people. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, making sure we don't grow stale by thinking about things in a mindset yeah. of what the 90s or early 2000s needed. Yeah, right. But like like you said, kind of being ready for the needs of people here and now and the, the trends and attitudes and um, religious sensibilities of people yeah. of our day and age right. and how we can speak the power of the gospel right. into that and not to get stale, not to feel like, you know, um, we are, yeah, the... Uh, the image that comes to mind is when you watch like a clip from the 1990s or the early 2000s, how different the video quality was oh my gosh, yeah. compared to what you watch now in high definition or whatever, yeah, right? right? And you can just tell like that's older. And there can be some nostalgia, some good part of that. But I, I want to make sure that w- the gospel doesn't feel like it's coming out of some time capsule. Yeah, that's true. So. That's true. Yeah, and I, I think also, yeah, status quo doesn't have to mean... Yeah, I mean, there's a way to be realistic, too, about, like, what we can do today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. And then let's uh, let's bring it home with fear. Yeah, fear. Bum, bum, bum. I feel like this is know. number this, one. Is that fear music? I don't yeah, know. that sounded so. good. I feel like this one's got to be number one, at least for people who are really living as disciples. Jesus said all the time, do not be afraid. Yeah. I mean, it's in the scriptures all over the place, so what, I wonder if... What's the temptation yeah. of fear? To fear what? 
Um, well, the document goes on to say fear of taking risks, fear of failure, fear of losing control, fear of going outside our comfort zone. Yeah. Fear I, that I have nothing to offer. Yeah. I just added that one myself <laughs> that, for a friend, you know. Yeah. Else. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I feel that fear of failure sometimes or fear yeah. of taking risks, right? Yeah. That it can just be, and again, these tie in, like it's just so much safer, so much easier to do what's always been done or to do. Yeah. We know it'll work. Uh, or, or if it doesn't, it's not our fault. <laughs> That's right? a good point. Yeah. <laughs> we know why it doesn't like, work. Well, I did it. I, I did, funny. you know, I did yeah. this thing. So, um, yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes we're, it, I'll speak for me, sometimes my ego can be too fragile or sometimes I can have not enough confidence that God wants to do something great. Mm. And so I just lean into the, this might not work. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, it's easier to not do something than to do, do something that might fail. And yeah. everything great takes risk, right? Yeah. Um, a vocation to the priesthood takes yeah, a, risk. a risk. A, yeah. a marriage yeah. takes a risk. Right. Bringing a child into the world risk. takes risk. Yep. Right? Um, yeah. Working in a church. Yeah. That's a risk. It, yeah. 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 I mean, we, yeah. we would Putting be. Putting your heart out there. You know, to, to do anything great takes risk. And yeah. we have a more sure and stable foundation in Jesus who has risen from the dead. That's right. And who says. You know, St. Paul says, you know, if he he holds nothing back from us, right? Like what yeah. can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? That's right. Our greatest failures get transformed into success when we're faithful. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> always speaking to myself first here, Beth, yeah. right? Same. Um, fear not. Same. Like don't be afraid. Yeah. Like so just, you know, encouraging myself and all of all of you. Like take a little risk for the Lord today. That, that's how we exercise that muscle of courage and fidelity. Little by little, take a little risk for the Lord today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like for I think I think for me, fear is is won and lost in my mind. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a mind game for me, you know. And I think of Philippians four eight. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just. Think about such things. Yeah. You know? And I, 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 I go back to that again when I'm when I find myself, you know, being dragged by the enemy into all everything is bad, everything is black, everything is dark, nothing will ever be good again. Right. You know? <laughs> like okay, this is, we're getting a little, this is a little dramatic, even for even for you, Satan. You know, but like okay, well, what is true? Yeah. Jesus Christ loves me and died for me and yeah. is at work in His church, right? Yeah. So remembering those things. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do not be afraid. Yeah. JP2 taking that up from our Lord is just, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. It gives me courage. And even talking about it with each other helps us to be courageous and to fear not and to tackle in this season of Lent, to tackle these bad habits. Um, because the Lord doesn't want us to be defined or to be held back by the bad habits. Mm-hmm. He wants us to be free. Yeah. And to be his, uh, his disciples who bring the good news uh, wherever he leads us, especially here in the Archdiocese of Detroit, through our families of parishes, so that Easter is not just another time of, you know, kind of marking the passage of another year, but it's a time of entering more perfectly into the resurrection and the new life Christ has for us. Nice. Beautiful. 
This has been the Encounter Grow Witness podcast featuring Father Steve Phyllis and me, Beth Spazzarni. This podcast is intended to be a source of support and refreshment for those of you who work for the church and are engaged as volunteers in Mission Direct. Be sure to like and subscribe to this monthly podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if this podcast has been a support to you, please consider leaving a five-star review, which will enable us to reach even more people.